1: This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano. You know, I'm just looking at the situation in Japan with this earthquake. They say there are 30,000 people without power right now in Japan. Maybe more, but they estimate it's about 30,000. That is one of the... In modern society, especially during the winter... That's one of the worst. Look, there are worse things, but that that's one of the worst things that you can deal with in terms of an inconvenience. I mean, those of you that remember Hurricane Sandy and lived through Hurricane Sandy probably had no power for a few days, a week, maybe even a couple of weeks. It was very bad situation for a lot of people. And you wonder what the future of the American power grid portends. Well, there was an interesting article in The Telegraph, which is a British publication by Catherine Porter. I don't know. I guess it's more of a column. But basically, Catherine Porter writes that the U.S. is sleepwalking into a future of blackouts. She says that more gas power plants are needed or there's going to be trouble. Last week, the North American Electric Reliability Corporation, or NERC, which is the body in charge of both the U.S. and Canadian grid reliability, they published its latest 10-year outlook, saying that sharp increases in peak demand forecasts and the potential for higher generator retirements are raising concerns for electric reliability over the next 10 years. Close quote. So the regulator, NERC, is projecting electricity shortfalls in areas where legacy generator retirements are expected before enough replacements are built to meet rising demand. In addition, there are risks that the future generation mix in some regions it could actually fail to deliver enough electricity to meet demand under the conditions that we're dealing with now. Because if you have energy that's generated largely by wind power, for instance, if there are periods of low wind output, what do you do? So uh, so we'll see where it goes. I certainly hope that's not the case. But the more I hear about this, the more I hear we're going to have a problem because there are a lot of strains on the energy grid. And a lot of methods that we've used to make energy over the last 50 years, they've fallen out of fashion. We talked about nuclear with um, David Spector, but obviously gas and oil, that's not at all considered fashionable these days. And I'm not convinced that uh, wind and solar have what it takes to make up the shortfall, and neither is NERC, apparently. Now, I, again, we have solar panels on our house. We're not against green energy at all. If it's uh, efficient and if it makes sense. But if we're losing the capacity to make energy while using more energy, very, very problematic. I have been asked many times. What I would want for my last meal, if I was being executed, and you know, honestly, my answer largely depends on my mood, right? So some days it's Japanese, like okay? a beautiful Japanese buffet. I love Japanese food. Other days it might be um, like lobster. Other days maybe it's eggs. Or just an elaborate brunch that includes some type of egg dish, an omelet, a nice maybe a four cheese omelet, with um, also a bagel with uh, you know cream cheese and lox, and some other brunch stuff, a mimosa or bloody mary, things of that nature. Kind of depends on the day, but I've gotten the question a lot. It's been asked and asked. Frank, anything? And it's one of those questions that you ask. People just to have something to talk about. Well, I got to tell you, I am intrigued at what this gentleman uh, is doing. In uh, for, He's from Virginia. Josh Slavin is 23 years old, recent college graduate from Virginia, and he's attracting attention from true crime lovers as he cooks... And tastes the final meals that were requested by well-known death row inmates. Now, at first, I'm kind of thinking, well, wait a minute. Is that at all being insensitive to the victims of these murderers? That this guy is gaining a social media following, cooking their last meal. But then I found myself so curious about what all the meal requests were, so I mean I don't know um, I don't know the ethics of this, but I, I do find this pretty intriguing. Uh, Tony, what about you? Last meal, you're on death row. What are you uh, What are you having for your last meal?
0: A nice um, um steak.
1: Nice steak.
0: Potatoes, salad.
1: Any kind of side vegetable.
0: Um, string beans.
1: String beans. What kind of salad? Iceberg wedge. Um, Caesar Caesar salad. Uh, Matt Blaze, last meal. What are we doing? I'm probably gonna have to just go with the surf and turf. Surf and turf. See, that's a good choice. I think that's probably a lot of last meals. Yeah, I think you're probably. Uh, I think you're probably right. Welcome back, by the way, Matt Blaze. How was your week off? Very um, non-relaxing, but relaxing. Why was it? Why was it non-relaxing? Because you can never get back into it of of trying to sleep during uh, a night. I know that's and tough. then I and then I'm tired right now because every night I was falling asleep at 7 p.m. And waking up at 11 p.m. I know, me And same. staying awake, same. So now I went to bed at four in the morning yesterday, and woke up at noon and couldn't go back to sleep, like you were talking about earlier. Yeah, I, See, I, I just laid there for, for five hours. That transition is very, very difficult. It's, I mean, it's very difficult. It's this is the way to. Well, welcome back. We're happy to have you back. Okay, so anyway, uh, this is a little bit of Josh Slavin from his Instagram page, talking about the different meals that different people have.
2: I'm reading every death row final meal request to find out which one's the greatest of all time. Today, we're getting started with Ricky Ray Rector. In 1981, Rector was charged with the murders of Arthur Criswell and police officer Robert Martin. As a result, he was sentenced to death by lethal injection. For Rector's final meal, he requested steak, fried chicken, pecan pie, and cherry Kool-Aid.
1: And he made it. So this fella... Works in finance, and he creates lifestyle content on social media. He recently graduated from Washington University in St. Louis, Missouri, where he studied finance and accounting. And so he believes that it's the true crime aficionados who take an interest in um, death row, last meal requests. Now, I think that might be part of it, but I think some of it might just be people that are into food, people that might... Just be curious, and he uh, he basically he's recreated, I think twenty six different last meal requests, and he's you know look he says death is something everybody obviously faces. Yet to have the rare opportunity to select exactly what you want to eat right before you die, it's a very rare human circumstance, and that's fascinating. I think he's right. I think that's why it is so fascinating because. I just had some M and M's right now. If I fall asleep while driving home and drive my car off, uh, you know, into the uh, into the uh, Hudson River, I, that could be my last meal. And how disappointing would that be if it was just some peanut M and M's? So, um, this fella has recreated and taste tested meals that had been requested. By a lot of notorious killers. Uh, Ted Bundy, who declined the privilege of having a last meal. He just ate whatever they had. After he declined to choose, he was given steak, hash browns, eggs, toast, juice, and milk. He also tried the meal requested by terrorist Timothy McVeigh. You remember Timothy McVeigh of the Oklahoma City bombing? McVeigh apparently requested two pints of mint chocolate chip ice cream. That would not be my last meal. Not it. No. He writes um, in his Instagram reel, in my opinion, ice cream alone is a poor final meal choice, and choosing mint chocolate chip as the flavor only makes the decision worse. I agree. And he placed that meal in the D tier. So for each meal, Slavin first does research on the person, the crime, and the food. He then cooks the food, tastes it, And ranks the dishes in tiers, with S being the best and D being abysmal. So according to him, the number one meal that he made was uh, the last meal of Alton Coleman. That serial killer chose to eat filet mignon with mushroom gravy, biscuits and gravy, fried chicken French fries, broccoli with cheese. See, this is, to me, it's already too heavy. Too heavy. Collard greens, onion rings, cornbread, a salad, a sweet potato pie, butter pecan ice cream, and cherry cola before he was executed by lethal injection. Now, honestly, I hope never to get the death penalty, but if I'm ever going to be executed, Right? I would not want to feel that full. A, a meal like that, you're fill you're full for uh four days. Four days on um I mean, I, I I just ugh it's too much. Would you want to die feeling that full? It's so uncomfortable. So he had a large meal, but he said uh, Slavin said that he thought Mister Coleman's meal was well coordinated. It's synergized. It was a full Southern meal. So in in America, most states offer a last meal to a violent criminal preceding that person's execution. Now it's not really clear how long this execution, this uh, ritual has existed. But in many cases, inmates have their pick of the meal as long as it meets state guidelines. In 2011, Texas eliminated meal requests after killer Lawrence Russell Brewer requested a lengthy, expensive meal. He didn't need it, and he told prison guards he wasn't hungry. You see what happens? One guy always ruins it for everybody. This guy, all these other killers in Texas were getting to enjoy their last meal before being executed, and this guy went and ordered a big last meal and didn't eat it out of spite. Out of spite. Now, that's just not right. Not right. Where do they find these people? In 1990, murderer James Edward Smith requested a lump of dirt for his last meal. His request was denied, and he was given yogurt instead. You know, there was one guy, I don't have his name ahead of me. I'll I'll see if I can look it up. But there was one fellow who um, requested something of his last meal, and it was denied, and he used his last words for that. Um, Yeah, in in 2022, let me see if this is it. Kevin Johnson, a death row inmate, declined a final meal and made um, – no, no, no. So, no, that's not who it is. So there was someone else that their last words before being executed was, I requested blank and I was denied it. I just want everybody to know that I was denied my my last meal. I think you should get a last meal as long as it's something reasonable, Right. All right. if you want to comment. 800 848 Curious, one, what your last meal would be, and two, what you think of this guy doing this, basically recreating all of these last meal requests. I think it's pretty creative, actually, and um, I don't know. I don't think it really is morbid at all. The lovely Lisa is in Connecticut. Lisa, I was bummed that you didn't come to New Year's Eve Eve this year.
2: I know. Well, Poppy had a situation, and he needed to stay home, so I had to stay home.
1: Okay. Well, good for you. You're a good daughter, certainly.
2: Yeah. And Mommy is going to have surgery for her eyes on uh, the 5th. She's got cataract surgery coming up, so I have to go back and forth to Mommy and Dad.
1: All right, well, hey, you're, you're a trooper. Good luck. Got to
2: be the good daughter. Absolutely. <laughs> so um, for this last meal situation, right, I'm thinking lobster, steak, baked potato loaded, and a nice salad. That would be my partake. Um, as far as this guy that's doing this, you know I have a little bit of a situation with that because we're sort of glamorizing the whole murder people situation, and we keep doing this with the media and social media and like glamorizing it like making it like like oh murderers and what they get to what they get to do and this and that you know what I mean
1: yeah, yeah I, I don't know I, I know you know I see exactly what you're saying, you know what but saying? I would feel but, i mean it's definitely interesting to see what people are doing, but to
2: recreate and do all of that like I don't know it's just to, but, anything for the
1: gram. Lisa I don't know I, I, yeah I get what you're saying. I, I would feel that way if we were talking about recreating OJ Simpson's meals or someone that had kind of uh, I so believe gotten away with murder like in this keep- case, in this case, these are all people that have been executed and paid the price for their crime.
2: Yeah, but it's still glamorizing murderers and their meals. And, like, you know what I mean? It's just, like, a twisted thing in my mind. All right. So you don't think this is
1: appropriate?
2: I I mean, listen, people are going to do whatever they want. It's a free world, free speech. That's what we're all about. You know what I mean? But it's still, you know, everything that happens, is just some weird person out there is like, oh,
1: cool. I'll get my last meal if or, I do this. You know, I had a you know I had mean? a feeling some people were going to feel that way. Um, I hope you never get executed, Lisa. And if you do get executed, Many I hope it's both. in a state that uh, that offers you your last meal, okay?
2: <laughs> but I know that we like the interesting news, and you always bring it. And it's something
1: to talk about, which is why we love your show. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you, Lisa. So a lot of people submit requests to this guy asking if he can try the meals that had been eaten by specific criminals. Others uh, kind of feel the way that Lisa does. They oppose his project, and they offer comments about the American justice system. So he he says some people express their disgust about the conduct of the inmate or the actions of the convict because to be sentenced to death, you have to commit some really reprehensible things. I, I don't know. There are also people that see the content and say it's something they don't want to see because it may as Lisa indicated, glorify murderers. So I, look, it is an intense subject. I get where people are coming from, but um he tries to keep his opinions out of it. He says unless he's ranking the food. So look, the reality is th- these last meals are a thing. Right? So why not at least rank who had the best ones and the worst? 800 848 9222. Scrapper is in Connecticut. Hi, Scrapper.
3: Uh, you got a great show, and the last meals are ordered, but very few of the people executed eat anything because they're going to get executed. And uh, they
1: should give them a point setia instead of a, a last meal. You know, it's A funny, point. so you, you believe in the Doc Severinsen pronunciation that it's poinsettia?
0: You're right, it
3: is, correcto.
1: Okay, well, yeah, I mean, I got my friend Kevin, thank you, scrapper, who was at New Year's Eve Eve, um, was mentioning this back and forth between Johnny Carson and uh, Doc Severinsen about the Uh, debate that they had about the pronunciation of poinsettia. Is it poinsettia or poinsettia? I always said uh, poinsettia, but that doesn't mean it's correct. Heaven knows I don't always say the correct thing. So either way, you know what a lot of the, yeah, it looks like poinsettia is correct, actually. So maybe I should be saying poinsettia. So be it. From now on, poinsettia it will be. Uh, original Rick in original Jersey. Hello.
2: Yes. Good morning, and happy New Year,
1: friend. Happy New Year to you, Rick.
2: Thank you. Uh, about the last meal. First of all, I, I don't know if I'd be able to eat it, being so nervous. But if I wasn't, first, let me ask you because I haven't heard anyone say this: Are you allowed to have alcoholic beverages at all on your last meal? It
1: depends on the um, on the on the venue and the prison. Uh, I think usually you can't.
2: Ah. You Right, right to the last minute, because I was going to say I'd, I'd probably have a, a liquid dinner, you know. But um, I, it would be pizza and white castles and all the junk food that I've loved all through my life. That's what it would be. Yeah.
1: Just no, to, uh, I'm okay. looking in um in the U.S. Um, they usually don't allow alcohol. Some places do, but Oklahoma um will allow you to have a little bit of. Uh, well, no, no, you know, you know what it is because the Supreme Court ruled that a condemned person. Must be competent when they're executed. Uh, and so if you're a completely drunk person, you're uh, not competent. So you but can't you be you drunk. Would,
2: like you have one glass of wine or something.
0: You, you would know, hope so. You yeah.
1: Right. You would hope yeah. so. Yeah.
2: Uh, I, I, that's all that's I was going to I wasn't sure about the booth. I was like, uh, no one ever asked for it. So apparently they don't offer it.
1: Yeah, I, I think uh, it looks like in most cases it's prohibited. Rick, good question though. That's one I, I would have. I would have been curious about myself. Brandon is in New Jersey. Hi, Brandon.
2: Hey Frank,
0: I think I'm going with Chinese food on this one. Maybe some um, chicken and broccoli, General Sows. Maybe some fried wontons, boneless barbecue ribs. It's uh, you know been a common theme in my life. I used to go out uh, to Chinese. Buffets with my grandparents and stuff, so bring back some nice memories. And oh, that's nice. You know, you wouldn't have that stuff feeling um, when it comes time for the execution because you're hungry in an hour, you know? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: well done, Brandon. 800-848-9222. Neil, uh, last meal. What are your thoughts? Yeah, Frank,
3: uh, why don't we get him a hooker first and then then, uh, then the last meal? I mean, you, you know, you're coddling people. You know, these people who've been on death row. They've probably been there for 10, 15 years before the before the execution. I mean, that's a lot of food they consumed in 10, 15 years. I give them nothing, Frank. You know what I give them? I give them the same garbage that they gave me when I went to rehab after I came out of the hospital. I give them the old people food that they give in the nursing homes. Other than that, I wouldn't give them anything, Frank.
1: Well, I mean, some states are going in that direction. In Florida, the meal has to cost less than $40. In Oklahoma... They are even more bare bones. They have the meal cost uh, no more than $15. So uh, they, a lot of states aren't into going all, and as I mentioned, in Texas, they already discontinued their uh, tradition of the last meal. A lot of prisons, what they do is, if it's something that's available and accessible, they get it. And if not, then they don't, right? Uh, e. Frank is in Astoria. Hello, E. Frank.
2: Yes, uh Hello. Frank, happy new year.
1: Happy new year to you, E. Frank.
2: Yeah, my last meal, I would actually consider one Big Mac, uh, and that's about it. And uh, they can go and press the juice on me because I believe that's a tradition that I have going to McDonald's with my father. And if I killed someone and and I'm on death row, a Big Mac would be my last meal.
1: I like that, E. Frank. I I think that's actually a pretty common um, last meal. Right? I mean, I think that, you know, I think people do like the McDonald's. It is popular. All right. eight hundred eight four eight, ninety two, twenty two, eight hundred eight four eight, ninety two, twenty two, half past the hour. We are going to chat with James Flippen, who is in for Nome Laden in a moment. And then uh, I'll tell you what we're up to today. A lot of other fun things as well. Hey, I, I had hoped to do our year-end awards, which I did. Do- I did decide to rename the Frankies rather than the FMEs because somebody reminded me that that's what what Howard Stern used to call his awards, the FMEs. So um, I don't want to be too derivative of Howard Stern. So I like Frankie's as well. A lot of people have said Frankie. So we may do that tomorrow because we just are not going to have time today. This is The Other Side of Midnight. James Flippin' straight ahead.
0: The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Marano. side of midnight with Frank Marano oh, no, no, no.
1: actually a Springsteen song that I really like, Dancing in the Dark. This is a birthday bumper music selection from my friend Rich Hoffman, who's one of my oldest friends. Uh, we go back decades, and um, I was just with him this weekend. Uh, I, I actually married him as an officiant. He and his uh, beautiful wife, Danielle, and uh, their son, Valentine is uh, Carmine's age, and uh, we're going to his birthday party this weekend. So he not only selected this song, but I, I used to love the video of this song because it had Courtney Cox in it when it, when she was at her apex of attractiveness. Additionally, uh, about 20, uh, 22 years ago, when I was working with the Brooklyn Cyclones in the uh, video production department, there was one, in, one night where the lights went out. And all of a sudden, the lights went out in the ballpark whole stadium is dark. So we played all sorts of lighting and blackout themed songs. We played Electric Avenue and uh we played this this song, Dancing in the Dark. That was the I think it was the brainchild of um Vic Christopher, who's one of the fathers of New Year's Eve Eve. So happy birthday to Rich Hoffman. And I did post some New Year's Eve Eve uh, photographs on uh, Facebook. I'm not gonna describe the circumstances of this. But there's one photo on there that is quite embarrassing to me to no one else but me. And it was Rich that took that photo. so you have an idea of what a what a pal he really is. All right. Well, I am very pleased that even though uh, Noam Laden is out, we are guided by the capable hands of another newsman.
0: Stand by for the other side of midnight's news. and its affiliated stations present national and international news with Frank Morano and news director, Noam Laden. Their summary of the world news and personal comments. Get the rest of the story.
1: All right, we have no Noam Laden, but we do have
4: James Flippin. Hello there, James. Good morning, Frank, and happy new year to all your listeners.
1: What would you do for your last meal if you were poised to be executed?
4: It would be... Something with rice and beans. Ah. And then I think also steak. So maybe like Chardasco. With okay. rice and beans and some plantains. All right,
1: that's not a bad, uh, not a bad choice there. That's not bad. Okay, yeah, that's
4: that's what's immediately coming to mind. All right,
1: I like it. Okay, uh, tell us what's in the news, Mister okay. uh, so James. Okay,
4: so I was listening to your show while driving in this morning, and I heard you getting into the Missouri versus Missouri, right? Back and well,
1: forth. yeah, let us in. What's the and, correct? Um,
4: and I'm fascinated by your particular pronunciations most of the time. Like for example, you were talking about a well-known storm in this area, right. Superstorm Sandy, right. which was a... Hurricane. Thank you. Yeah, that one I like as, as well. <laughs> Hurricane. So anyway, Missouri, as opposed to Missouri, there was a recent study, uh, survey from St. Louis University and YouGov, which asked people if they use Missouri or Missouri. I, I
1: am curious about this. Hello.
4: So the poll found that, just 9.5% of likely voters opt for Missouri.
1: Is this, are these voters in the state of Missouri? Yes, they are. They're, All right, okay, uh, that's pretty strong. I yeah, can't, they I can't are. Really, that's and, quite a mandate. But
4: I, even the pollsters were surprised. Stephen Rogers, who works for this uh, SLU YouGov poll as the director, says Growing up in Missouri, I was surprised so few Missouri voters used Missouri, um, but it appears partly generational. As 16% of voters who are 65 and older say Missouri, just 3% of voters 29 and under say Missouri.
1: Well, you see, here's the thing. I feel now an obligation to keep Missouri alive because once these, once these 9.5% of Missourians die out, Missouri will die with them. And I think it's a delightful Pronunciation. I I, I don't I'm going to I'm going to you've now you've now inspired me to double down on your
4: Missouri usage. Yes. And it found also the poll that very conservative or conservative voters are four point five percent more likely to use Missouri. (laughs) 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 Why is that? I don't know. That one, I can't. I don't have any of the reasoning behind any of these. I just have the numbers. All
1: right. Well, a lot of conservatives get frustrated w- with me some, from time to time for saying things like Joe Biden won the election. This will be my way to throw the Beef bone at the uh, conservatives yeah. by yeah, sticking exactly. with their pronunciation of, of uh, Missouri. 100%. Do the conservatives have any other ways of pronouncing? Other words? Do we know about any other words? That's where... a good
4: question. Um, There has to be something of that nature. Well, I know
1: George W. Bush says nuclear, but I'm not right, going to go that right. That right.
4: right, but you could throw people, like you said, a bone with a, yeah, just mention exactly. the Missouri like, say, I'm, Missouri. I'm super conservative. Exactly. Um All right, so this is actually an international story. South Korea's opposition leader, Lee Jae-myung, had to be airlifted to a local hospital yesterday after being stabbed in the neck oh. during a visit to the southern port city of Busan, and the suspected attacker appeared to be a man in his 50s or 60s, and this jumped out to me, who wore a paper crown with Lee's name printed on it. He approached Lee asking for an autograph amongst a crowd of supporters before lunging forward and attacking. So if anybody comes up to you with a paper crown that says Frank Murano, you might want to watch out.
1: My goodness. Uh, Well, I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, What's his uh, condition like? Is he expected to survive?
4: Uh, Let's see. Stabbed in the neck, uh, conscious when he was airlifted. All right. Well, and, that's positive. Yeah, uh, the assailant refusing to answer questions. It looks like his condition is more or less stable mm. at this point.
1: All right. Well, keep us posted on that. That's rough.
4: I will. And then finally, I know your New Year's resolution, at least in part, is to take part in one of these polar bear. Plunges. I, I,
1: I'm leaning very, very much towards that. Yes.
4: I, I respect it. I mean, again, kind of like you, I'm not sure yeah. the appeal per se, but I'll, I'll tell you this. There are some benefits of cold water swimming, apparently, in terms of health.
1: I was looking this up today. Fill folks in. Yeah. So it
4: boosts your immune system. It reduces stress, increases your circulation, reduces inflammation, improves your cold shock response, mm. which I'm not really sure what that is. But um, it can actually improve your sleep, burn calories, increase your metabolism, if I didn't say that already, and it increases your libido. Oh, well, so that is contrary to what you
1: always used to hear about cold showers. That's true. Um, Do you know, I saw some of those health benefits online when I looked this up. Do you know how long you have to swim in the cold weather for to enjoy those? And if you get those benefits, if you do it once a year, like for these polar plunge people that do it just once a year, do they get those benefits? Or is this something you have to do every week or every day? That's a
4: good question. I will say that there's this study here. It looks like it's out of New Zealand. Ah, And it talks about how over time your body becomes maybe more affected by this because it eventually boosts your white blood cell count.
1: Okay. All right. So, well, I'm not sure. So far, my plan is a A one-off. I can't imagine I'm going to be so hooked on this that I'm going to be
4: inspired to do this every weekend. (laughs) Maybe. Exactly.
1: Exactly. You never know. You've never done it.
4: I have not. And no
1: desire to uh,
4: do it. No. I mean, the only thing I've ever had any sort of desire to do, I guess, in this sort of like realm or arena is delve into the cold showers trend. Mm -hmm. Because supposedly that's really good for your skin. And I kind of sometimes get like really dry skin in the wintertime, and I know a lot some of that is from the hot shower, but I don't know, man. That's that's tough.
1: See, I I get the dry skin also. Um, I still just love a hot shower.
4: Oh, absolutely, it's
1: really, it's to me, it's so I don't know, it's yeah, so it's comfortable. it's like denying like, one of the great things. Exactly, in life. I, I feel it. It, it helps, you know, uh, rejuvenate you. I feel like you get a little. You, you, if you're congested, it opens you up. That is I feel true. like if you're sleepy, it wakes you very, up. Very, very true. I feel like if you're winding down, it helps you relax. I feel like if you got sore muscles, <laughs> it helps you. I, I love a hot shower. Yeah, but it does. I, I am now itching my
4: side all day <laughs> yeah,
1: right. because of the dry skin. All very right, true. James.
4: Are we going to see you tomorrow? Or uh, uh... actually, I think Noam will be back mm-hmm. in his chair tomorrow.
1: Uh, we we always love having you. You're thank welcome you, Frank. anytime. Thank you, no, I uh, Thank you, James. Oh,
4: The rest of the story.
1: There you go. Only radio show in America where a newsman will bring you uh, information about Missouri, South Korean stabbings, and cold water swims. There you have it. All right. Uh, We'll get back to your calls in a moment. 800-848-9222. You know what today is? Today is my son's first day of preschool. So he's going to start preschool today. He's going to do four hours a day. 9am to 1pm and I hope it works out you know when my wife is around he can t- at times be especially when he's tired very clingy when we leave him somewhere he is fine but for whatever reason when he's when he's when my mom when when uh, his mom is around he just wants to go to her says mommy hold you mommy hold you So we've been trying to get him excited about school. We showed him some videos about school. And uh, we keep saying, oh, you know, you're going to go to school. You're going to get to play with other children. You're going to get to learn all sorts of new things. You're going to get to listen to the teacher. And (laughs) my wife tells him, you know, you're going to get to play. And so all day yesterday, at different points in the day, it was not at one point. It was three or four different points. She would say to him, what are you going to do in school tomorrow? And each time he had the same response. He would respond, cry. She said, you're going to cry? And he says, yeah. So he's already planning to cry when we drop him off at school today. I sincerely hope that that is not the plan because that will be very difficult on, uh, on both of us, but... Hopefully he'll get with the program soon. Ugh. So hopefully that's not the case. So wish us luck. Wish us luck. We're uh, hoping for the best. All right. 800-848-9222. 800-848-9222. Mark is in New Haven. Hi, Mark.
3: Hey, Frank. Uh, one other quick thing before we start is that cute Carmine looked in his Spider-Man costume at uh, Halloween. Oh, thanks. Appreciate that. So here's a quick Sandra Day O'Connor story after she's her recent passing. The story goes that it could, because then as now, um, people were concerned about people staying in government too long. Um, as, the, as her colleagues uh, took her out to dinner on her first night after being uh, confirmed, and the waiter took her order and she said, what would you like? And, and, the, and she said, I'd like the prime rib. And she said, and for the vegetables? And he, she said, let them order for themselves.
1: <laughs> that is very funny. I like that one a lot, actually.
3: All the best to you, Frank. Take care. I mean, it's a first meal joke rather than a last meal joke. I
1: like it. I like it. Very, very good, Mark. Thank you. 800-848-9222. We'll do 15 seconds of fame coming up in uh, just a bit. Oh, you know, I was uh, neglectful in not and rec- uh, not mentioning a couple of other listeners that came to the party uh, Keith Jensen came with his beautiful fiancée, Leigh. And I said to her, him, so I think it's great to get engaged on New Year's Eve, Eve. I got engaged on New Year's Eve, Eve My buddy AC Mike, he got engaged the next day on New Year's Eve last year. And so it was a nice thing to be a part of the show, to have someone get engaged. And so this guy actually got engaged in Paris two, two months ago. Now, come on. You know you're coming to the party. Just come. And also Sean, who's a, uh, a regular podcast listener, he, he came to his first New Year's Eve with his uh, longtime companion, Sheila. They seem to have a pretty good time. Uh, Sean is a lot of fun, and uh, Sheila is almost as fun. But it's funny, on the, on the 29th, we went to dinner at this restaurant, and it was the waitress's fourth shift working at that restaurant. So she spilled all of the drinks on my friend Kevin. Spilled all the drinks on him. I mean, I was, he was concerned because he was all wet. I was concerned because my drink was now spilled. And then when she brought these shareable appetizers, she says to the table, all right, where should I put these? And Kevin says, oh, put those on someone else's lap, which I thought was very funny. But on the way out, I said to our waitress, Victoria, I said, you got to come to this, um, you got to come to this party tomorrow. And wouldn't you know it, she came. So there's a long history with this party of uh, random people being invited and coming. I invited my Uber driver one year. He came. And this year we invited this terrible waitress who did not even buy us a drink after spilling all of the existing drinks. So, uh, but I was glad that she came anyway because she was a, a, a good sport. All right. 15 seconds of fame coming up in a minute. 800 848 straight ahead.
0: The Other Side of Midnight. Side at Midnight with Frank Marano. We're talking about aliens and UFOs. It's the other side of
1: midnight. The Frank Morano Show. Thank you, Andy B. Ten minutes until the top of the hour. We're going to do 15 seconds of fame in uh, just a bit. 800-848-9222 if you want to start queuing up. Meantime.
0: The Other Side of Midnight proudly presents Breaking News.
1: I don't know what it is about this morning. Uh, There is a lot of news out of Japan, and very little of it is positive. Just breaking in about 24 minutes ago, a Japan Airlines aircraft was engulfed in flames at Tokyo's Haneda Airport on Tuesday after a possible collision with a Coast Guard aircraft with the airline uh, saying that all 379 passengers and crew had been evacuated, thankfully. So live footage on uh, the broadcaster NHK showed the aircraft erupt in flames as it skidded down the tarmac, and fire crews feverishly tried to extinguish the fire. The Coast Guard said it was investigating the possibility that one of its aircraft collided with the Passenger jet. A uh, spokesperson at Japan Airlines said the aircraft had departed from um, from Hokkaido. I hope that's the correct pronunciation. All right. Um, hey, there's a lot of stuff I didn't get to today. Tomorrow, there's a ton of news regarding more and more municipalities. Uh, allowing younger people to vote. We're going to get into that. Uh, we'll get into a little bit more of the life and times of, of Shecky Green. What are the chances are that he'd be um, David Spector's cousin? I mean, you talk about synchronicity. That's really That's really interesting. And um, Marvin Barish is going to be here tomorrow. He's got a really interesting story that I think you probably have not heard before. Again, we want to wish a a happy birthday to my friend Rich Hoffman. And uh, today is also uh, January 2nd, which makes it also this was the day uh, that Jimmy Carter ended U.S.-Russia detente in 1980. And it was also the day in 1967 that President Reagan was sworn in as California governor. So, very, uh, a lot going on in general. Okay, uh, without... Uh, actually, we got we have a minute here, so we'll get to 15 seconds of fame momentarily. Uh, just an update on this earthquake situation in Japan. Uh, as of now, they're estimating that it's about 30,000 people that are dead. About 80 aftershocks have hit the country so far. Uh, This has been the biggest earthquake on record for Japan's Noto Peninsula. So we're keeping an eye on that. Oh, and in Israel, I alluded to this when we were talking with um, Andrew Goldberg earlier. Earlier. But they have scrapped, Israel's Supreme Court has struck down a key piece of Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's judicial reforms yesterday. They ruled 8-7 to seven against an amendment that would have barred the court from overturning laws found to be, quote, extremely unreasonable. So part of a package that supporters said would return power to lawmakers, the changes sparked All sorts of protests across Israel from January up until October 7th, for obvious reasons. So, we'll keep an eye on that. Now, separately, the Israeli military is going to begin its first drawdown of forces since the current conflict began, removing thousands of troops from central Gaza and shifting the focus to the uh, southern part of Gaza. So, uh, we'll see... We'll see where things go from there. And the big news, Mickey Mouse, the Steamboat Willie version anyway, is in the public domain. So there you have it. And uh, Taylor Swift has passed Elvis Presley for most weeks spent atop the Billboard 200 album chart by a solo artist. With um, 1989 Taylor's version staying at number one. Just want to be on record. I have nothing but respect for Taylor Swift. I don't want to end up like Al Michaels. Oh, uh speaking of football, I did pretty well again this week in the football pool. I only had 9 wins this week, which is not as good as the I think 11 or 12 I had this week, but I'm still leading. So with one more week to go, I may win this thing, which would be a pretty exciting thing. There you have it. Hey, Linwood is in Nassau. Would you want to add Linwood?
3: Um, for my last meal, Frank. Yeah, tell I me. Would like- yeah, um, a bowl of chicken soup, then a dozen oysters on a half shell, a salad with French dressing, a basket of hot cinnamon rolls, a steak, well done, a two-pound lobster, several pork chops, baked potato, corn on the top, string beans, linguine with white clam sauce and some French fried onions. For That's- dessert, I will like a chocolate cake with vanilla ice cream, a cup of coffee, and a snifter of brandy. And I would like another side order, Frank. i will like a warm apple pie out of mold, and that will be all.
1: That's pretty good. Jeez, I'd say the only problem with that is now I'm starving. (laughs) All right. um, We're going to give you an opportunity to be heard uh, for 15 seconds on any subject you like. 800-848-9222.
0: The other side of midnight. This is 15 seconds of fame.
1: fame. Mike! Happy twenty
3: twenty four. May your worst day in tw- May your best day in twenty three be your worst day in twenty four. Dino and son Woodside, never a bad meal.
1: Raji, it's indeed shocking. We haven't been hit harder than nine eleven in view of the illegal invaders and our constant meddling
2: in the Middle East. Instead of uh, feeding our own poor, hungry and homeless, thank you,
3: Neil. I spent New Year's Eve babysitting my two-month-old grandson, and it was the best New Year's Eve I ever had.
1: Oh, that's nice. Mike. Happy New Year, Frank.
3: Your last meal on death row. The bigger the meal, the longer you'll live. I would order the unlimited salad bar for longevity.
1: 800 9222 Rusty. Yes, yeah, about anti-Semites. The Jews were the first Shylock. That's why nobody, who likes a Shylock? Well, I've known quite a few people that don't mind a Shylock here and there. Jim.
3: New City, here we go. People, don't get involved with something you know a little about. You're protesting something. Maybe it's a subterfuge for a bigger plan. These guys want to be devious. Don't be a part of that history. Watch where you protest.
1: 800 9222 Lisa. Yeah, I would say no more protesting, that's for
2: sure. But <laughs> also, uh, good luck to Carmine for tomorrow. Big day. Let's see how it goes. I pray that everything is going to be okay.
1: Oh, you and me both, Lisa. We are T-minus four hours away from his first day of school beginning. Fingers crossed. Jaime. it is number one in New York.
3: He's the best.
1: There you go. I uh, I believe he is. Yeah, he's back today, by the way. He was off. Uh, last week for uh, the Christmas and New Year's holiday, but he's uh, going to be back today, so that's uh, that's exciting. Gary,
3: once you've eliminated the impossible, whatever remains, however improbable, therefore must be the truth.
1: Sherlock Holmes. Linda.
2: Oh hi. Um, my name's Linda, and um, I'm a nursery school director. And it's just a suggestion, but it's both you and your wife. Um, go to drop off Carmine. It might be really hard for him. Like I would suggest, the one he separates
1: from um, the best to drop him off. Well, that's a good idea, Linda. Um, thank you. I, I I was kind of thinking the same thing, but uh, you know, she's not going to go along with that. I was thinking maybe I'll just take him, but I don't see I don't see that happening. I just don't see her saying, "Oh, all right, I'll." stay home. All right. Hey, this is a lot of fun. If you want to stay in touch, you can absolutely email me, frank.morano at redappleaudionetworks.com. That's frank.morano at networks.com. God willing, I will be back tomorrow. Frank Morano, good day.